Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey everybody, Paul Gray here. Thank you for joining me once again for another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. My wife and my daughter, Jody, who lives with us, are great cooks, absolutely great cooks. This past week, Jody marinated and fixed wonderful steaks for us for a birthday dinner. They're just great. They both have a number of great recipes. I'm really blessed, and I have to really exercise self-discipline, self-control to not eat too much. <laughs> One of my wife's best is a roast crock-potted with potatoes and vegetables. It's sort of like, in the old days, what we would call a stew, and it's a great stew. Now, I want to contrast that with the fact that we all have regular self-served portions of rotten stew. It's poisonous. It makes us and others sick. Today, we're going to talk about the cause and the remedy for the poison of rotten stew. You all know the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Regularly consuming poison stew and thinking it won't hurt you is insane. But I've got good news for you. I know the remedy. I know the antidote. Most of us don't even know that we regularly consume poisonous stew. See, when something happens, like our baseball team, the Kansas City Royals, when they've lost eight straight, and then they lose the next game 15 to 1. Or when our child or grandchild or a friend make poor decisions that hurt them. Or somebody else makes a poor decision that hurts our loved ones. Or when we just don't get the parking spot we want. Or when service is slow at a restaurant. Or our meal's not cooked exactly the way we want it to. When the weather doesn't cooperate with our plans, when you get a bad report from the doctor, when somebody else offends you or gossips about you or betrays you or hurts you or leaves you, when you have aches and pains, when somebody won't forgive you and they keep bringing up the past, that's a whole litany of things that happen to all of us. Some of those are no big deals and some of us are really big deals. But stuff happens, and when it does, we have a choice to make. We can make poisonous stew out of those things that come to our mind when these situations and circumstances happen, and we can take those thoughts in that stew and dwell on them, and this poisonous disease of morose will set in. 
My mom used to say she just felt blue. We feel like we're in a funk. Hebrews 12, 15 talks about that. It says, watch over each other to make sure that no one misses the revelation of God's grace. That's what we do with each other, isn't it? We watch over each other to make sure that nobody misses the revelation of God's grace. And then it says, why? Make sure that no one lives with a root of bitterness or resentment or rancor or hatred sprouting within them, which will only cause trouble and bitter torment and poison the hearts of many who will become contaminated and defiled by it. Did you know that's what happens? When you miss grace, it's like making a stew with rotten meat, poisonous mushrooms, pouring in some spoiled milk, and it's just awful. But there's something worse than that. You can make that stew, and then you can continue to talk negatively about that situation or circumstance to yourself. And every time you hear your own voice say those things, it's like adding another piece of rotten meat and another poisonous mushroom and a little arsenic to your emotional stew and throw in some curdled milk, why don't you? And you stew over it. You stew over your own rotten stew. I've become an expert on that. You know how? I do it. I do it. Not as much as I used to. And my goal is certainly to do it less and less all the time. When we stew over our own rotten stew, it just sucks the energy out of us. I mean, it just sucks it out of us. It drains our joy. It not only affects us physically, but it affects our body and our mind, everything. Every time you stew over your own stew out loud to someone else, you not only steal and drain your own joy, but you steal their joy as well. You become an agent of poisonous stew. You become a joy sucker. I've found people don't like to be around joy suckers. Well, some people do. I mean, like attracts like, but most people don't like to be around joy suckers. See, what happens is when you miss the revelation of God's grace for you and everybody else, that God is continually working all things for the good of you and everybody else, when you miss that revelation that God's grace covers everything, and instead you make rotten stew with a root of bitterness, resentment, rancor, or hatred, it festers. It just keeps getting more and more rotten and it sprouts within you, and then one time it will just get so nasty, like nasty stuff in your stomach, it'll just blow up and you'll puke it out all over whoever you're with. Could be anger, could be anything. It just comes out and it erupts, and everybody around becomes contaminated with it and defiled by it. Do I have to paint any more of a graphic picture? It's not a good thing. One of the things my wife, Kitsy, is helping me with is not saying negative things about other people's mistakes. Sometimes I do that to get a laugh. But the result is that 
makes the other person look bad. I get a laugh at their expense. And without me even knowing it, I'm missing God's grace. And it starts to suck the joy out of me and everybody who's listening. We might do a little nervous laugh or something like that. But I know from experience when I do that, I just, God, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Feel like that afterwards. See, the law of attraction works. And when we say hurtful things, we get hurt. My friend JL says often, words have power. Don't they, though? My friend Malcolm Smith tells a story of one time long ago, he first moved to Texas from New York City. And he had gardens in two different places on his ranch. And he intentionally went to one plot of the garden and spoke positive, joy-filled, life-giving words to the plants in the garden. He talked about how good they were, how he loved them, and how they were going to produce great things. And they did. But the other one, he purposely and intentionally went to that plot and spoke negatively to them and harshly. And just said, yeah, you'll never amount to anything. You know what? That one perished. It withered and perished. But Malcolm says he felt so bad in doing it, he decided to never do that again. (laughs) So now he uses it in his messages to tell us not to do that again. So when bad things happen, when circumstances and negative situations come up, do we just stick our head in the sand and ignore reality and whistle Have a happy day? That's not a good plan. Of course not. I am going to give you some great practical advice, spiritual advice. It's not just theory. It really works for me when I practice it. And it works for many others too. When something happens that triggers us to want to start that crock pot of bitter poisonous stew, I mean, we get that feeling immediately we can stop and go to the spirit of truth in us and say, just ask, what's going on here? What's making me feel this? What is true reality here? What do you want me to think and say and know and do? Then be quiet and still and listen, and we will hear. And then whatever the Holy Spirit ask us to do, do it. (laughs) That's what real obedience is. Do you know that in Hebrew, the language that the Old Testament Jewish scriptures written in, there is no word for obey. The word that we incorrectly translate obey into English, the word is shema, S-H-E-M-A. And it simply means to hear, to hear. We hear from God. Then we have the ability, Holy Spirit power, fruit of the Spirit. We have the ability to do what God asks us to do. That is the ability to respond. That's our responsibility. It's not our responsibility to keep a bunch of laws or to, by our own effort, work up the power to do this and that. No. We have the ability, the God-given, supernatural, Holy Spirit, powerful ability to take what the Holy Spirit shows us in any given moment and respond to that. We have a choice. We can ignore 
the spirit of truth in us. And as a matter of fact, when we get in the habit of doing that all the time, it makes it harder and harder for us to hear the spirit's voice. We can ignore that and just wallow in the slop and keep having another helping of rotten poisonous stew and get worse and worse and stew in it. Or we can choose wisely. (laughs) Choosing wisely. That's wisdom. See, we're able to put the situation and the circumstances into divine perspective when we hear from the Holy Spirit in us. And the pure light of Christ exposes darkness and reveals the truth to us, what's really going on, why we're feeling that way, what's making us feel bad, what we're doing about it. And then knowing that truth sets us free. Now, here we go. I'm going to give you a tried and true practical application for what to do here. When you start to get that feeling that ah, something distasteful has just happened or is going on or I perceive this or whatever, first of all, I mean, just stop. Realize, I'm going to give you eight things that begin with R-E. Realize you are thinking and speaking darkness. Realize that when you start to feel bad and say bad things and think bad things, realize what's going on. The Holy Spirit will show you. Realize you're thinking and speaking darkness. Another word for darkness is negativity. It's falling short. It's missing God's grace, God's perfect love, God's pure light with no darkness. That's what it means to see to it that nobody misses the grace of God. When we start getting into that dark, bitter, nasty mindset, we miss the grace of God. It's right there. We haven't fallen from grace. It's right there. We're just missing it. All right, realize what's going on. Second word, recognize that it will harm you. I mean, we can have the attitude of, well, they deserve for me to get mad at them, and I'm never going to forgive them or whatever. No, recognize those thoughts harm you and others. Then third, reject it. Just, no, I'm not going to take that thought. Just reject it. And then change your mind. I almost hate to use this word repent because repent is not what we've been taught it meant. What it means, what the original word means, and many of you know this, metanoia, is change your way of thinking. Instead of your thinking, access the mind of Christ and think what the Holy Spirit, the mind of Christ in you, shows you as reality. Think that. Then replace those nasty thoughts with what the spirit of truth shows you. Then renew. Go back to your original Genesis, the pure mind of Christ that you have. Then you can rejoice. And number eight, repeat as often as necessary. So when you start to feel that something's going on, that you're not happy, something's going wrong in your mind, just stop, realize that you're starting to think and feel darkness, you're getting ready to fix up a a pot of negative stew, poison stew, realize it, recognize it's going to harm you, and reject it, and then repent, change your mind, don't even think about it anymore, replace it with what the Holy Spirit of truth shows you is true and good and right and pure and lovely and admirable. And that will renew your mind. It will take you back to your original Genesis, the mind of Christ. Then you can rejoice. 
Instead of going down the tube and harboring bitterness and eating a bowl of poison stew, you can rejoice. Then repeat that as often as necessary. Hey, I encourage you to get those things down. Stop the recording if you need to. Write those things down. You can email me at purelightwalker at gmail.com and ask me to give you a, a list of them, and I'll do it because it helps. Negative circumstances and situations are going to happen. I mean, that's part of life. Jesus said, look, in this life, you're going to have trouble. But he says, don't take that trouble on. Instead, he says, take joy, take heart. <laughs> we have the ability to avoid sources that perpetuate rotten stew. You don't need to. I don't need to keep going back to a restaurant where I continually get food poisoning. Do you? No. Doing something over and over again and expecting a different result is foolishness. All right. It's really helpful to know what the sources of negative thoughts and words are that cause us to start a cauldron of witch's brew, rotten stew. What are the sources of those words that cause worry and fear and angst and doubt and unrest and morose? There are three basic ones. The first one is the news. Now, you know that, and I know that. Don't just, don't tune me out now. I was a news junkie for decades, and I realized the Holy Spirit of Truth showed me, and I heard this from some other people, Don Keithley and others. I heard this. I was getting regular doses of rotten stew from the news at night before I went to bed and first thing in the morning, and then every time I would check the news on my phone. I was getting regular doses of rotten stew from the news. Sometimes for me, it was like going to a big buffet with this great, big, long, sort of never-ending thing that contained all of this food that was all rotten and spoiled and nasty. And I would just eat till I stuffed myself and feel awful. But I was so in the dark, I didn't realize what it was that was making me sick. And I went back to it time after time after time, hoping for different results. I did it both spiritually and physically. I worried. I was anxious. It, it, it was not a good thing for me. Second thing that's a source of words that cause us to go down that, that awful hole is negative people. We can love people who are negative, and of course we want to, and we should. But we can set boundaries. We can speak truth, love to them, and we can choose to not spend time with them for the most part. Now, if you're married to someone that's like that, that can be a challenge. But for the most part, we don't have to be around people who are like that. If you're married to somebody like that, that's where you really don't want to miss God's grace because only Holy Spirit and, and, and the Holy Spirit's power can help you. I've got a concert coming up with my band downtown here in Lawrence. And another guy and I were working on it and putting together the group that we wanted to play. And we both played in different groups with different people. And certain people are no longer available to play. They've moved away or whatever. So we're putting this together. And one particular instrument player that we needed 
the best person available is a really good player on that instrument. But maybe one of the most negative people I know. Just not any fun to be with. It makes me think of that quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson. He says, it's a happy talent to know how to play. Well, like with scripture, there are a lot of meanings to that. But it's a happy talent to know how to play well with others, whether it's music or sports or work or whatever. All right, negative people. Now, here's the worst source, in my opinion, of where we get things that take us down the tubes, cause us just to think awful thoughts, to be fearful, to be angry, to have angst, to doubt. The worst place we can get that, the worst place that it comes from, is religious settings. I I wish it wasn't so, but I know it's so because I participated in those settings. I led those settings for decades. Some of the most sickest, rotten, poisonous things we can ever hear come from religious settings. In religious settings, most of them, you're going to hear, you're no good. God can't even stand to be around you. God can't even stand to look at you. That's what the Bible says, the Word of God. You can never please God. You were born despicable and totally depraved. Just this past week, a nationally well-known Christian radio personality said this. My wife heard it. This person said, When I look in the mirror, I'm so sad because I see brokenness. Religion tells you you are broken and you should wallow in your brokenness. Jesus said, no, you're not broken, you're whole. Jesus says, I made you whole. Rejoice in your wholeness. That's what salvation sozo is. It's wholeness. It's not for some day, some time in the pie in uh, in the sky, pie in the sky when we'll all fly away. No, it's for right now. Salvation, sozo, wholeness is for right now. And you have been made whole. You've been given a pure heart. You're pure and righteousness and without fault, God says. That's what God says. Don't listen to what religion says. Listen to what God says. Religion tells you everybody else is no good. God can't stand to be around and all that. God is continually angry, but you got to worship him. God's full of wrath, but you got to try to please him, even though it's impossible. God's watching you like a hawk, keeping a list of your foul ups, and there's hell to pay. God has been continually torturing your past relatives in hell forever, and he's going to do the same thing with many of your current relatives, and maybe with you if you don't shape up. Now, I'm not going to say anything more like that. Just hearing those lies for the last minute or so made some of you sick to your stomach. It makes millions of people sick every Sunday, and they don't even realize it. You don't know what you don't know. That's why millions of people have left organized religion and are doing it every day. They've gotten sick. They've, got a, they've been there. They've done that. They've got a closet full of T-shirts that say, Sick and disappointed. See, when you hear a message, whether in person or online or on TV, that brings you down instead of lifting you up, that makes you feel worse rather than better, run the other way. 
You don't have to listen to that. John chapter 9 and John chapter 10 through 1 through 10. Jesus did a wonderful thing there. He healed a man who had been blind from birth. Of course, the man was ecstatic. Jesus was euphoric. Everybody around was full of amazement and joy. The man's parents were overjoyed. But when you read that passage, you see there were some other people in the story. The religious leaders who tried to steal everyone's joy, kill it, destroy it, turn the joy into rotten stew, and threaten people who wouldn't eat their rotten stew. Jesus said, no. He ends that passage in John 10.10. He says, the thief, which as you see in all the verses before that, the thief is religion, comes to steal and kill and destroy. But he says, I've come to give you a different way of life, a better way of life, life abundant, life to the full. Abundant life has no place for rotten stew, rotten religious stew. There's a whole nother way of life than being emotionally and physically and spiritually sick every day. You can be free from all of that. I know. I've been freed from all of that, and so have all of you. Some of you just don't yet know it. The opposite of sickness is wholeness, health, life, joy, new life in Christ. How do we get that? (laughs) Well, you already got it. You already got it. Just use those steps that all come straight from Scripture that I saved you before. When those thoughts come up, realize First of all, stop and go and ask the Holy Spirit of truth to show you what's happening. She will. And realize you're thinking and speaking darkness. Recognize it's harming you. Repent. Reject it. Change your mind. Change your way of thinking. Replace it with what the Holy Spirit of truth shows you. Renew. Go back to your original Genesis, the mind of Christ, and rejoice. And then repeat as often as necessary. Don't miss the grace of God. Instead, as the Apostle Peter, who missed it for a long time, instead, do as he said, grow in grace. Thanks, everybody. Hope this was helpful and encouraging to you, as it was to me, just hearing grace myself. Love you all. See you all next time. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.